Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Exes don't come back from the dead, but they come back into our lives. You know when people talk about ghosting and then they talk about zombieing, like someone just like reappearing out of nowhere? We're talking about those zombies today. <laughs> oh, wow. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Morning. The Morning. The morning. M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G, because we are, of course, back at it again. This is Talking Ship by the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Megan Fitzgerald. And I'm Jimena Medina. And if you've caught us this episode, you've caught us at the end of our conversation about Michael and Jane. And this is the morning because we're talking today, of course, about, and here's your final spoiler alert. Spoilers coming in five, four, three, two, one. We're talking about Michael's death and all of our feelings about what happened on the show, as well as all of the relationship lessons we can learn from this. Because yes, even though, you know, exes don't come back from the dead, uh, they do come back into our lives. And sometimes it works out and a second chance really works. And sometimes you've just changed too much to make it happen. So that's what our conversations are going to be about today. I just want to like briefly think about poor Brett Dyer, who created this romantic hero. This romantic hero. I like that. And then they're like, you're coming back. Oh, but all of that beautiful work you did to develop Michael Cordero, the character. That's not all. Well. <laughs> yeah, you have to come up with someone new. And we kind of have to not like him that much. It's like an alternate reality. And that's what made it so hard to watch. You, we wanted it to be Michael so bad, and it wasn't. Yeah. Ugh. And he doesn't even try to be Michael. <laughs> He's like, I fucking hate this Cubano. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, there's a lot that happens in the plot, so um, we're just going to refresh you all with a bit of a summary. So here we go. It will be nothing in comparison to Jimena's last week. But <laughs> All right. Michael and Jane are happily married, living together, and starting to navigate the next phase of their life. Jane is interviewing for a new job, they discuss having another kid, and Michael is starting the process of becoming a lawyer. On the day that Michael takes the LSAT, Jane packs his lunch, tells him she is so proud of him, and watches him walk out the door, not knowing that she'd never see him again. After taking the test, Michael collapses on the floor and dies due to, apparently, a complication from his gunshot wound. The show immediately cuts to three years later, and we learn that Jane has spent the past three years grieving the loss of Michael, Raphael has gone to and returned from jail, and Mateo is kind of a little shit. Love the twins, though. Throughout the end of the third season and all of season four, Jane and Raphael slowly fall back in love. Eventually, Raphael is alerted by Rose that Michael is still alive, and he brings her to him. However, his memory has been erased by Rose. He now goes by Jason and has been living in Montana for the past four years. Jane struggles with Jason's interruption of her life and her relationship with Raphael, who's about to propose. Jason doesn't remember or even really like Jane. And just when they decide that he will return to Montana, he gets his memories back. And when Jane realizes this, she stops him from leaving. After much deliberation and getting drunk with Petra, to Raphael's dismay, Jane decides that she has to explore her feelings for Michael, which leads to Raphael kicking her out of the house to take some space. Despite feeling guilty for upsetting the dynamic between her, Raphael, and Mateo, Jane and Michael slash Jason go to Montana together to explore their feelings for each other without the baggage of the ghosts from their past in Miami. 
I know, straight out of a telenovela, right? <laughs> that was worth it. And that's why we did it. <laughs> oh, and that's where we'll stop. And then we'll, you know, talk about the conclusion of that Montana trip in a bit. Um, <sighs> let me just say the beginning of the episode where Michael dies, talking about memories, mm-hmm. all of the foreshadowing, it was hard to watch. Because you knew. Because did, I knew. Did you know the first time you watched it? No. Look, whenever anyone gets shot, I'm always concerned. Yeah. Because I'm like, this could come back to haunt us. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't expect it. I didn't, no. I, I, you know, I was too lost in their love. Same. They did that on purpose. Okay. But before we get into our reactions to the plot, let's go into a brief relatable content. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Woo! She had to hmm because she has wine in our mouth because we decided as a treat yeah. we'd let ourselves drink during this episode. Okay, so as always, this show is sometimes a stretch to make it relatable. However, there are some very real things under these telenovela stakes. All right. You may be in a Jane and Michael situation if there's a relationship in your past that ended due to no fault of their own or your own. This could look like somebody moving, somebody going off to college, starting a new job, etc. Basically, the breakup wasn't because you didn't work as a couple. It was because of uncontrollable reasons. You may be in a Jane and Michael situation if you have a past relationship that didn't work out. But if that person came into your life again, you would have a hard time turning them down, even though you are now different people. You may be in a Jane and Michael situation if you reconnect with someone and you have mismatched recollections or views of your past relationship. They definitely, I mean, he literally remembers it differently because he doesn't remember everything at first, but they have very different points of view about what happened because Michael is now very Jason and doesn't think lunchboxes are cute. Ugh. You may be in a Jane and Michael situation if you don't want to accept that you and an ex are on completely different pages, that you have changed or they've changed, and it's just not going to work out. Yeah. Which is hard to accept sometimes, I think. Oh, it's, I still struggle to accept it. Accepting change is really hard, especially for romantics. Yes, exactly. Because we have the vision in our heads of what the romantic reunion would be. Before we get into the relationship themes, we're just going to do some like TV recapping for a bit because this was to me one of the most devastating deaths in all of television. And I think we should unpack that trauma for ourselves and for all of you. I mean, let's just start with Michael's death. Okay. So when I first saw this episode, I mean, I was devastated. I couldn't accept that he was gone. So it made me upset. And I thought that they took it too far. Uh-huh. You're like, you're like, taking it too I far. Like, you guys day. are in a telenovela, but this is crossing a line. Yeah. And I almost didn't continue watching. And part of me can't believe that Jane could ever move on. I was like, how do you even keep the show going? But then rewatching the episode, I was, I had a harder time because I was angry and like seeing all of the, you know, you know, the thing that we, they teach us in writing. Foreshadowing, in, foreshadowing. Yeah, foreshadowing, yes. Yeah. All the foreshadowing was really hard to watch because I was like, I know what's going to happen. Uh, Yeah, I had not watched it since watching it the first time, and it was brutal. Even the episodes leading up to his death are really hard because, as we said last episode, they make the relationship so good and him so perfect. Like, I I obviously cried the first time, but I think I cried even more this time knowing that he was going to die and then the relationship wouldn't work out. I also was kind of pissed. I was just like, I get it. I get that this is a telenovela and they had to stick to the genre, but still kind of mad about it. You know, figure it out. 
You guys can have so many twists and turns. Don't take this one man away from me. Yeah. And I mean, they hinted at Michael's death for a really long time. Like there's that part where the narrator says Michael would love her till his dying breath. But I think I thought after the gunshot that they weren't going to do it. And then, and then I think the only way that I justified her coping and moving on is because they do the time jump and you know, it's been three years. And also I think that was the only way during the episode. I thought it was final because when he got shot at the end of season two, I didn't think he was going to die. I was like, there's no way. Yeah, me too. Me too. I was like, no, no, no. They they killed him. They're going to bring him back. Yeah. But at first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But doing the time jump where I'm like, oh, she's still mourning three years later. Like, it's done. And they're going to now get Jane and Raphael together. And that was the also the only way it would ever have been acceptable is if they did a time jump. Yeah. For To give us years of her mourning him. Now, Jane and Raphael's love. Yes. Tell, talk to me about your feelings about it. I was so glad. You were. Yes. I was so glad. Part of me was like, at least they finally get their story. Mm-hmm. And and like I said, it feels like a different reality, like an alternate universe. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is happening somewhere. And like, she ends up with Michael somewhere else. I felt so good for him because now there isn't going to be a person that Jane loves more. Now yeah. he finally gets his shot. He can be number one. He was mm-hmm. always number two with Michael, no matter what. Throughout this entire story, I just really, like, empathized with him, and I felt bad for him. And he has lots of problems, and I was like, someone needs to help him. Someone needs to comfort him. He needs a Jane. And every girl he ever dated was just not was not a Jane whatsoever. No. It just felt right for him. It felt right for us. <laughs> I agree. And I, would, I also think that Raphael, in comparison with season one and two does a lot more work on himself to be a bit more worthy of Jane. Mm-hmm. You know, like he takes responsibility for his actions. He decides to go to turn himself in and spend time in prison so that he doesn't have this hanging over his head and he can be this example for his kids and he's willing to take not glamorous jobs. So I knew when they killed off Michael that this was the direction that they were going to go. And this is part of a bigger discussion I think we should have in our like Q&A episode about mm-hmm. being a Michael person versus a Raphael person. But I was, I was never personally as invested in Raphael as I was in Michael, but I liked their love story. And I agree. I think they really, they did a good job at like justifying that they gave her enough time to mourn. They grew him up enough And I like that they made the love story start on her side. Like she was the one that started falling for him. Um, And because of how much they both had changed, I think it makes a lot of sense that they made their way back together, which we'll talk about more later. But I didn't hate it when when they got together. Good, good. Because also, you know, it's good because he works so hard. He just comes such a long way, works so hard, works at the Marbella, the, the yeah. he works at the hotel he used to own. Like mm-hmm. that is growth. Yes. And growth should be rewarded. <laughs> I got it and I liked it. So then let's, let's talk about okay. our reactions when Michael came back. Did you see it coming? No, I didn't. Cause I thought they had already done too much. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, look, you killed him off. My heart is broken. You made her fall mm-hmm. in love with Raphael which I thought was good because I'm like, she he needs it. And she can have her fantasy of like her family. She can have a, a husband and a, and a kid that she raises with him. It's, it seemed right. When they brought Michael back, I was livid. 
I was so mad because like I had thought about the way that the show does things and considered like, mm, maybe he'll come back. But then I thought like, there's no way they wouldn't do that to me. I don't know. I don't trust them for shit. They were rude with my heart. And then rewatching this, they really reminded me that I was so angry because first of all, they break my heart by killing him off. Mm-hmm. Then I mend and I enjoy the Raphael story. And then they bring him back and confuse Jane again and make Mike and make Raphael second. Poor guy is never going to live up to the Michael, the expectations that Jane has. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad that they gave him the plot of being like, no, Jane, like you've, I don't trust you anymore. Like you have chosen Michael too many times. Yeah. My reaction was pretty, I don't know. My TV education is Alias, which is a show where nobody is ever dead. So Mm. I always kind of did hope that he would come back. But God, maybe more heartbreaking than Gina Rodriguez's scream cry when she <laughs> finds out that he dies and she falls, drops the phone and falls to the floor. Maybe oh. more heartbreaking than that is him saying, actually, ma'am, I go by Jason. Because <laughs> I knew, obviously, like I knew from that moment that it wasn't going to be what I wanted. We weren't going to get Michael back. Not only were they not going to end up together, we weren't even going to get real Michael again. So I had hope for a second when he gets his memories back. I had one second where I was like, oh, maybe this is what they're going to do. And yeah, I felt really bad for Raphael. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but overall, the whole fifth season, I was like, this is a Jane and Raphael story. It, that's, that's what it always was. That was probably what they always intended it to be. But yeah, I, as soon as he opened his mouth in season five, I was like, oh, we're not getting real Michael and Jane. <laughs> this isn't the way I want it to go. Seeing his face and seeing him be a completely different person, it was hard. It was hard for us. It so was just oh, be, yeah. imagine for Jane. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then at the same time, I was like, no, Jane, no, Jane. He's different now. He's changed. Yeah. Don't make Raphael question his love for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So there's things she does well and there's things she doesn't go well. And you know, you guys, we I promise we will be able to relate this to things that happen in our real lives, which is second chances. Second chances really do happen in our non-fictional lives. Exes don't come back from the dead, but they come back into our lives. And these specific second chances we're talking about today aren't ones that come out of forgiveness. You know, it's not like Issa and Lawrence in Insecure or Luke and Lorelai in Gilmore Girls. It's second chances that come out of an ex-flame reappearing in our life. I think particularly with a lot of time in between, with years in between. And this isn't the person that you're kind of, you know, you're on again, off again with. Like this is someone, not to hit it too hard on the head, but this is like someone kind of coming back from the dead. You know, when people talk about ghosting and then they talk about zombieing, like someone just like reappearing out of nowhere. We're talking about those zombies today. (laughs) Oh, wow. I think wanting to give an ex a second chance is always very, it's like healthy. Means you Mm -hmm. had a good relationship. Means that you want to go back to a happy place. Mm -hmm. I don't think acting on it is always good. Especially, obviously, if it ended poorly. It's always like, would you tell your friend to go for it? You know, I don't know. It's so situational. Uh, it's so dependent on how it ended mm-hmm. and how you feel about it ending. Because mm-hmm. it could have ended fine, but if you're hurt really deeply and like are going to hold some sort of resentment, then maybe maybe it's just better to move on. Totally, totally. I think if I think if you broke up in a way that harmed either of you, I don't necessarily think it's a great idea. But I think if you gr- broke up 
in a way that was just circumstantial, that wasn't harmful. I just think about how hard it is nowadays to, A, just generally meet people. It's impossible. Hi, hello. Mm -hmm. Hi. Yeah, I'm really stuck on that this week. And (laughs) B, (laughs) it's also really hard to get to a place where you're comfortable enough around a romantic interest to be yourself. You know, that's why app dates are hard, blind dates are hard. But like with a second chance person, they already know you. You already have so much shared history and stuff. So you kind of get to skip that weird, awkward place. And you probably already know that you have chemistry. Is there anyone that you would give a second chance to? No, I think I'm ready for, you know, let's let's keep moving forward. Let's keep <laughs> along. I mostly agree. I also think now with social media, especially if you're someone like uh, us, because yeah. <laughs> we are incredibly skilled at stalking people, it, it's really hard to truly lose tabs on everyone. I have a pretty good sense of what my exes are up to, and I want no part of it. But I do think about like ex-flirtations with people where something almost happened again like circumstances nobody did anything wrong it just it just didn't happen I would give those another shot because why not 100% absolutely I have friends from all over the world you do you're an you're an international lady (laughs) I'm an international gal then I feel like if one of those flirtationships came my way I would 100% 100% what the one guy from New Zealand I mean that's what I was gonna bring up I was like yes. that ever happened yeah well he's in a really happy relationship and I'm happy for him <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so I think flirtationships of course yeah I think it's probably less frequent with exes and more frequent with like crushes and flirtations I love bringing a crush back mm-hmm. like I love when a crush reappears in my life that is so exciting I had a crush reappear in my life once and it was so disappointing. He was such a jackass. And I was like, man, I really romanticized like what this was. And then he dragged me to this horrible bar in the West Village. Oh, no. Wait, I had this one. He came to visit New York for three days. He came for three days and told me he loved me. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm-hmm. I don't think so. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. All right, everyone, Jimena and I will be right back. We're just going to take a quick break to talk about one of our partners this week, and that is free prints. So think about it. You've got great photos on your phone, but we all never do anything with them except let them take off storage. So if you don't have free prints yet, you've got to get it. So free prints is a free app for iPhone and Android that lets you print all of those photos for free. You can get a thousand free four by six photos in a year and all you pay is a very small shipping charge. You can even print photos and other sizes for next to nothing, which is great because we're all trying to get a gallery wall and that's expensive. So you select the photos you want to print, choose the sizes and you're done and your premium quality prints will arrive on your doorstep in just days. Free prints is one of the world's favorite apps. Download it now at freeprints.com and start enjoying real professional quality free prints. No subscriptions, no commitments, just free prints. Again, go to freeprints.com to get the app and your 1000 free prints. Do it. All right. (laughs) What I do want to talk about, because this comes up with Michael and Jane, this is something she considers. I think there's this sense between them of owing him this. 
And granted, yes, his death was faked and he lost his memory and he was trying to put his life back together. So maybe she did owe him. I'm going to go ahead and say like she probably owed him at least some time. Maybe not necessarily a romantic future, but I think maybe she owed him some time. But do you think generally we owe the like great loves of our lives or even just relationships that were good and unproblematic or had solvable problems? Do we owe some of them a second, another shot if we have the opportunity to give it to them? No, because I think <laughs> I think owing is a really strong word. I think it kind of like holds someone to something that they don't know they're being held to. And I think Jane in particular, she, you know, because they're still married at one point, mm, yes. she holds that and doesn't let that go. That's true. That's such a stupid thing that she gets stuck on. And I'm like, girl, you're just stuck on the marriage part. You're not actually yeah. stuck on this Jason guy who you don't actually know. Right. I, I don't think we ever owe anyone anything romantically. I think if a man buys you a nice dinner, you don't owe it to him to spend the night. I think if someone was super nice and they go in for the kiss, I don't think you owe it to them to kiss them back. So no, if you don't want to, like, no, you don't owe it to anybody to give them a second chance. Never. You know what? Let's start teaching our young girls this. Like, you don't owe anybody anything. Yeah. However, I will say, if you're not in a relationship... And they didn't do anything wrong. And, and somebody's standing there being like, hey, I really cared about you. And maybe they're owning some of their mistakes. And they're ready to like really treat you well. I might really encourage it because I think it can be a really good thing to start a relationship with so much shared knowledge and security. And maybe inside, like even inside jokes. Because I think like if you can take Michael and Jane catching up at the Cubano stand after he gets his memory back and you take away the Raphael and the memory being erased and all the telenovela stakes, there's just two friends catching up and like rediscovering that they have chemistry. And that's lovely. So if you can take just that without the telenovela in your life and you're not scorning a Raphael by doing it, I think it can be a good idea. If you take away the owning part and you just want to give to somebody that you had a real connection Mm-hmm. With it, I think allows for closure on both ends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you'll know where you don't. Either you're like, oh, wow, I'm so glad we gave this another shot. Or I gave this a shot and like, no, I really do need to close the chapter. I'm so, such a firm believer on closure. Yeah. We Some love- people are like, just move on. No, close, like, please help me seal it and yeah. put it away and never look at it again. <laughs> Do you think there's anything in the way give each they give each other a second chance in just friendship and they also give each other a second chance in the relationship? What do you think we can learn from the way that they handle it if and when we try to do the same thing in our second chance relationships? I think it's easy to go back to who you were, who you wanted to be back then when you're with a person that you were with a while ago. Mm-hmm. And I think that Michael, or shall we say Jason, he doesn't try to be Michael. Mm-hmm. Like he is Jason. Because anyone else might try and laugh at Jane's jokes, might pretend they like a Cubano. The fact that he doesn't is good for Jane. It gives her a sense of closure. Yeah. Or it makes her angry at first because (laughs) they're not, you know, they're not like really syncing up. Yeah, I agree. That's the thing they, he does well the whole time and she eventually learns to do it is to not like harp on the past. Instead of being like, you used to be like this, you used to like this. You have to get to know each other as the people that you now are. Which is important, as you said, because it's the only way you'll know if there's hope if this will work or not is if you're truthful about who you are. Yeah, and I think it's huge growth for Jane because I think she would have never let it go in the past. Mm -hmm. And now, you know, we see her move on, which is 
or we see her kind of, you know, she struggles, but she lets it go. And I think that is exciting. Yeah. There's also one like phrase here that I want to bring up because I think it's just something we should all add to our notes app as just like a really good thing to say in any relationship communication. And it's something that Michael slash Jason says when they're kind of trying to figure out if they want to continue seeing each other or not. And he says, I want you to take the lead here, but I know what I want. And Mm -hmm. he goes and tells her, like, I want to give this a shot. I want to try to be with you. I think just like the phrasing of, I want you to take the lead here, but I know where I'm at is so lovely because it's just like so clear and forthright while also being understanding, you know? Yes. it, it, It allows you to do you. Yeah. And I think you can use it in tons of situations. Like I think if you're second chancing with someone like they are, I think if you are friends who are considering starting a relationship, if you're dating somebody with a lot going on, if you start dating somebody casually and you know that they have a hard time with commitments, if you're just like, I want you to take the lead here. I understand where you're at, but here's what I want. I think that's so helpful to be clear about your feelings, but still understanding and empathetic. Absolutely. So we really can't take much from the Jason toolbox, but we can take that. I like that. Okay, I'm not going to lie. The only thing I like better about Jason than Michael is that Jason is a dog person. Oh, thank you. Yep, we needed that. Also, that cat disappears. (laughs) It dies with Michael. Where the fuck does that cat go? Because they show it to him when he comes back to life and then never (laughs) No. Oh, it's so good. Okay, so I think we're ready to move on to our second topic, which is changing and change in relationships, change in individuals and how it affects relationships. Because ultimately what Jane cites as the reason she does not want to stay with Michael or continue a relationship with him is that she's changed and she's a different person as is he, as we all are from who we were four years ago. We just looked at the Trump administration. Okay. We're all different people than we were four years ago. Oh my gosh. Four years ago. (gasps) I was a, I was so confused in this world. And I'm just, I feel like I'm just now settling into the the change that has happened. The adult version. Yeah, which is why, because you're in that like post-college, post-training phase. I have this whole thing about the breakups that happened at that time. Because you're at about like when my big breakup happened. Mm-hmm. And I think you've just gone through so much change that you like, you come out on the other side and either you changed at the same speed or you didn't. So let's yeah. just generally talk about how people, how us changing as people has affected our relationships. Could you still be in love with the same person that you were four years ago? I think you could. I think you could in your mind be like, yes, I'm in love with this person from four years ago. But I think that you have to ask yourself, am I in love with them or am I in love with the idea of them? Mm-hmm. You're not going to listen if somebody tells you, no, you're not in love with them. You really right. have to do the work amongst you yourself and you really have to be like, hey, do I actually like this person or am I just so obsessed with what I think could be of them. Mm-hmm. I think that's super fair. I think the thing is like, absolutely. Absolutely, I could. There's absolutely a world in which someone came back into my life and we've both changed and grown in complementary ways and we still worked. I mean, my whole thing, my whole thing with relationships from TV and real life is that, of course, you will change. They will change. The relationship will change. That is a known. Mm-hmm. What is an unknown is how you handle it, how you handle it. And if you will change in a way that still works with each other. Yeah. 
And I think certain things can happen to your life that like dramatically shift the trajectory of your change. Like a tragedy with Jane goes through, which they both go through. He loses his memory. That happens to a lot of us. I mean, I think the 2016 election changed me. Um, but yeah, I think there's, oh, yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. and I think there's a lot of things that have happened to my family that have changed me and my perspectives. But I think it's totally possible that someone who could have changed with me or even cha- if whether we were together or whether we were separate and we came back into each other's lives, it is possible. Like, I think there's a world in which Jane could have become someone who needed quiet time and space and slowed down because of Michael's death. And she could have gotten sick of the drama of the Marbella and wanted to take her and Mateo out of Miami. And Michael Jason could have been great, but that's not what happened. That's not how right. she changed. Yeah. I think there's definitely, I agree with that 100%. I think there's always a possibility. Mm-hmm. I think there's always a possibility of growing, like kind of parallel to each other. Oh, nothing sounds better to me than just growing in parallel with someone. Yeah. Like having them mm-hmm. do their thing, having me do mine thing. And then we're just kind of going about it. Yeah. Trees in the same grove. Yeah. yeah. It's going in the same direction, even though it's different. But let's let's talk specifically, how have they both changed? What do you think works and what do you think remains about their relationship that could potentially work? And what do you think doesn't work now? Yeah. Michael is quite literally the opposite version of himself. (laughs) He is, you know, and I think, I think that Jane and Michael would make fun of Jason together. Oh, that's so funny. They, They would be like, who is this guy? So serious. Like, who's this weirdo? How boring. No, but he still cares for Jane and he still has the moments of like, when he gets off the bus, because he's like, oh, I saw you were about to get run over. I didn't want things to end like that. And he's like, do you want to talk about it? Still the essence of like, I'm here for you. Yeah. I was really thinking about this and I was like, why? Relationships working in a 2.0 version and like, why don't they work? And I was like, part of the reason they don't work is because he's not Michael. Mm-hmm. He is Jason. Even when he gets his memories back, it doesn't change his personality. It doesn't change what he likes, what he doesn't like. He still doesn't like Cubanos. He still like loves Montana. And I, I believe that Michael and Jane were soulmates. I think they would have grown together in complementing ways. He is Jason. And the difference between Michael and Jason is that Jason isn't a romantic in the same way that Jane is. He isn't goofy in the same way. I'm a big believer that pace matters in a relationship and he doesn't operate at the same pace. So that doesn't work. And then I think with Jane. Oh my gosh, yes. What are you think her biggest changes are? I think that Jane has matured in relationships. In Mm -hmm. life, I think that she had her soulmate because I truly think that Jane and Michael were soulmates. Mm -hmm. And I think she had her soulmate and it didn't play out. I mean, more traumatic than that, but you know, it didn't play out. And I think she learned a lot about fighting to make things work with Raphael. And I think she's such a hopeless romantic that she didn't actually lose her hopeless romanticness. I think she just maybe got a little bit more real and a little bit like, oh, this is life. Yeah, yeah. It just excites me thinking about it. No, that's such a good point. I mean, Jane goes through tragedy. She says, she tells Michael, like losing Michael was the hardest thing she went through. And you're right. I think back when she met Michael, she needed that kind of partnership who saw her in this specific way and made her feel safe and grounded and whatever. And I think you're right. I think now she's become a little bit tougher and a little bit more Mm -hmm. independent. And I think she leans on Raphael as 
which is healthy in any partnership, but it's a different kind of partnership. Everything's not just going to magically click into place. You have to work at this. And I think her parents' wedding really changes her because at her wedding, she gives this speech that I love about like, these are not two people that like belong together. These are two people that chose each other again and again and again. And I think that is such a more mature view of relationships that she didn't have in season one. Yeah. And I think that her and Michael, even though they were old, like they weren't high school sweethearts and they were a little older when they met, I think they have that same effect. We've talked about this. It's something that I I didn't have. I haven't like had my like big first love, but this was it for them. And it's always going to be magical. Yeah. And it's, it's always something that they can like learn from. It's just a beautiful thing to have. It's like a little trophy. It's like a little plaque, a certificate. You hang it up and you're like, oh, that was great. Yeah. And I, and I think like so many exes with so many people that you still care about, they still have chemistry. They still have fun. They still have a rhythm. I just don't think they like, because he has changed so much and this could happen even if you didn't lose your memory and spend four years in Montana. I just don't think they appreciate the like idiosyncrasies and oddities in each other in the same way that they used to. Like, yeah, in the, it comes down to like he disses her for giving him the lunchbox where before like he was so appreciative. And it's just like a bunch of those little moments add up. And also on top of that, they just want different lifestyles. And they sometimes, do. you know, it's as simple as that. Okay, so we're going to play the uh, the big Montana breakup scene. So this is what it sounds like when Jane lets him know what her position is, what her realization has been. I should have played Charlie. Okay, here it is. I've been thinking about how much you've changed and how much I've changed. I mean, I used to be someone who clung so tightly to a plan and then life threw me all these crazy curveballs. Losing you was the biggest and hardest one of all. I mean, after that, I I had to learn to let go of the plan a little and listen to my heart. What's it telling you? This whole trip, I've been trying to imagine a life with you. But every time I did, I felt guilty about Raphael. And then I suddenly realized it's not guilt. It's love. The biggest change that happened when you were gone is that I fell in love with Raphael. (laughs) And I'm still in love with him, and that's not going to change. Michael, what you and I had was... (laughs) It was. But I guess our moment's passed. So let's talk about how we felt. Let's talk about our feelings and seeing them finally officially choose to separate. I don't know about you. It was closure for me because I, because you see it visually, you see their differences. He is Mm. in Montana. She could never. And her decision with Raphael, I felt like was the right decision. I agree. I saw it coming because I mean, in this Montana episode, they have a good time together. And I think that what was hard to watch is that even as an audience, you knew you're like, this is almost what it was. But it's not. And even, I think in, and I think that would have been her life, you know, if she had chosen Michael, it would have been always missing old Michael. Yeah. And not having him and having Jason. And she loves Raphael more than she loves Jason. Jason. Yeah. And it was just it was a little bit off all the time. Yeah. Like there was all, there was a little bit of like she's trying a little too hard on him. 
time. Which we all do. We're all so guilty of being like, I'm going to make this relationship work. Whether it's someone you're refusing to break up with or somebody that you're like on paper, this would look so good. Mm -hmm. And so you're like finding all of these reasons to stay. I think we learn a lot from like her imagining the future and her thoughts always go back to Raphael. And we are what we think about all the time. And she was thinking about Raphael all the time. So I feel like soulmates come and go to teach you things. Mm. And I know I'm so cheesy, but I feel like that's what seeing Jane and Michael during this last season was. They do have such strong love for each other. And they have taught each other so much. And they're just not in love anymore. It's just kind of accepting the beautiful thing that was. Oh, yeah. oh that was beautiful. <laughs> My God. Yeah. I, it's the, it's the for good of it all. You know, like I think we learn that you can still love someone that you're not meant to be with ultimately. And that somebody can be exactly who they were meant to be in your life. Even if they're not your forever. Because her life was made so much better because of him. And he got his life back because of her. And it doesn't make sense for them to try to fit an older model of their lives into their new lives. And her new life, Raphael, is her priority. That's the truth. And Michael could maybe still bring a lot to her life, but it's no longer the thing that fits the best. And that's okay. And sometimes they change in ways that creates this perfect opening for you to come back and be the missing piece. And sometimes they don't change in a way that allows that opening for you. And it doesn't make you any less special or romantic or important for the role that you played in their life at one point. Yeah. And bringing it back to what I said earlier about the puzzle piece, the jigsaw puzzle, their puzzles have changed. They have changed a little bit, but at this point their piece doesn't fit. And it's nice that they they can understand that. And now they can go find different puzzle pieces to fit into their jigsaw puzzle. Exactly. They were doing a like 200 piece puzzle. Not so much has happened. They're doing like a thousand piece puzzle and mm-hmm. that's okay that it doesn't fit. Um, we're, uh, we're just not going to talk about the Charlie, the him coming back with Charlie, but we should just acknowledge that Michael ends up with Charlie and he finds happiness and he acknowledges that she will always be a special part of his life because he gave her his life back, and and that's great energy. We should also acknowledge that that is his fiance that plays Charlie, and it's no, exciting. is it really? Yes, the girl on the horse, the really like, Rawr. yeah, yes. Oh my god, I had no. Oh my god, you're Megan. right. Now I'm like thinking about their Instagrams. She just had that hat on, and it threw me. That's his fiance. That I is. Mean, so I'm not gonna lie. That made me really happy. That makes me happy. I feel much better about it now. <laughs> <laughs> Hey everyone, Jimena and I will be right back with our Michael and Jane discussion. We're just going to hear a quick word from one of our sponsors. Take it away, Travis. Okay, we're going to wrap up the uh, episode with some um, some let's talk about it questions, some big divisive questions. So here's my question. Knowing, as we have discussed all episode, that change is constant, would Jane and Michael have lasted if he had not died? Yes. The answer is yes. And I think even Raphael fans would agree that yes. They should agree. And if you don't, <laughs> honestly have a conversation with me because yeah, I, I, I want to know. Yeah. They were that parallel that I was talking about. They were going to grow in sync with each other. If he stayed Michael, absolutely. He would have been a lawyer and she would have like 
maybe told him that he wasn't spending enough time and that he had too many cases. And then they would like, I don't know, they would have 100% lasted. And Michael would have loved both him and Raphael, no doubt in my mind. I agree. I think it's like a sliding doors thing. It's like your life could have gone one way, but it ended up going another. And I think if the sliding door was that Michael had lived, they prove it to us. They had already proven it to us that they had the communication, the partnership, the energy, the listening skills, the passion to keep learning together and changing together and growing together. And that's the other thing that I wanted to say or kind of correct about this thing I've said several times about several couples is that like you have to grow and change at the same rate. Is that like, that's not luck. It's not luck that you happen to grow at the same rate. If you are a couple, you can decide to do that together by communicating, by listening, by actively taking steps to do it at the same time and letting, you know, your strengths support their life and letting their strength support your life. And I think if they, he had lived, he they would have done that. I think they would have had a beautiful life. It just wasn't the thing that ended up happening. And our, our lives are a series of sliding doors. And this was just one of them for them. I know that we're not in a relationship, but... Um... I'm really happy to grow with you. (laughs) I think we have grown together. I'm sending you a hug. I was going to say, if I was in person (laughs) with you, I would give you a hug. You guys, I'm a very, I'm a physical touch type of gal and Megan isn't. And you know what? She still gives me my hugs. Yep. I'm not a hugger, but I make it work because that's (laughs) what? Working on a relationship. Okay. It applies to your friends and your family as much as it does your romantic partners. I don't know why I got... (laughs) I love that. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Twisty at the end of the episode. But uh, it's because we're doing this episode over wine. And to wrap it up, the series ends with her and Raphael together, their wedding. I actually love the finale of this show. Why do we think ultimately it makes sense for her to end up with Raphael? Why do we think this was the message the show wanted to present? Why do we end up believing in and supporting their love? I think you can see it actually throughout the show if you focus on it, but I think they both grow in a very similar way. I think that they both have a lot happen Mm -hmm. to one another, and Mm -hmm. I think that there are a lot of things that they need to learn. Like Raphael needs to learn to speak when he's upset. He needs to learn to um, not be the guy that's like, I would hurt you too much. (laughs) Not be like like, damaged goods. Yeah, exactly. And I think Jane, because she has also gone through a lot of pain, she needs to be with someone that like, where she's like, well, this happened and he'll, he'll understand. Mm -hmm. Raphael has a good way of listening to her and putting his attention on her. And then she has a good way of listening to him and putting his attention, her intention on him. I think they grow very beautifully into this. I think it's like, like a river flew, like a river flows and it like, went right into the bay together. And the bay is the Raphael and Jane Bay, baby. Oh, <laughs> take me to the river. <laughs> Speaking of James Bay, I think we see this all the time where we fall for the people who help us through the toughest times. For her, that was Raphael. And not to say that it's all just a trauma bonding, because I think it's more than that. He's definitely grown up. And a lot of the issues that divided them before he has worked through and she has worked through and also like she values family so much now and he does too he does too he's really come into fatherhood 
Yeah. And I think that's to your point about them kind of growing at the same rate. I think they really are kindred spirits in that way and that they want that unity. And I think Raphael and Mateo probably really save her through the Michael trauma. And this is a developing thought, but here's what I, here's what I think. I think it's kind of like Michael is the person before in all of the craziness of her life that saw her and grounded her. And at the time, I think she needed that kind of soulmate, this kind of like magical connection. You see me where I'm at and you love me and appreciate me where with for who I am. Mm-hmm. And I think post-trauma and because she's a little older, she's a little bit more grounded and together. Like she herself without a partner, which again, it was really nice that she was single for so, I mean, not nice because Michael died, but in some ways she got this experience that we talk about all the time of how it's important to be single. She got to have that. I think it shows something so good. It's something that's really nice to see. See a woman just be like, I was in this, it hurt. Now I'm just going to like live my life. And like, she kind of dated a little bit, but like really focused on her until, Mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely agree. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it's like, She was steering the ship pretty well on her own. And then she looked over and she was like, you know what? You know who would be a great co-captain? This guy, Raphael, who's been on the ship the whole time with me. (laughs) And also, he's really hot. (laughs) So they learned to like co-captain the ship together. And that's really special and cool too. It's a different kind of love story than Michael and Jane, but it's a really cool one too. Yeah. um, Throughout watching this, I realized that I'm so heavily team Michael. I just really relate to Jane and Michael. I just really want that, I think. I just really want that relationship, that acceptance. But I really think that Jane and Michael are soulmates. And I think that Jane and Raphael are life partners. Mm-hmm. I think that Jane and Raphael were put here to, to go on together yeah. for, through life. And Michael and her were just, it was just that little forever to learn. Yeah. I think her mom says something about like, Michael is your past and Raphael is your future. And she tells Raphael, you're my, you're my now, you're my always, you're my forever. And, and both of those things are valid and good and important, but because of the way her life went, she wants her, she wants her life partner. She wants her, her now. Yeah. I was just too hurt by the fact that Michael was not going to end up being her guy, which is why I was like, oh, Mike, like Raphael is my guy. Cause I mm-hmm. like the way they end up too. All right. We'll talk about this. Our next episode, our final episode is a Q and a episode where you guys can feel free to DM us, to email us and let us know if you have any questions you want to ask us about Jane, the Virgin, Michael and Jane, Raphael and Jane. We're going to bring on some guests that also have opinions about Michael and Jane, But I think one of the things that I'm sure we'll get asked is what makes you team Michael or what makes you team Raphael. And we'll get into that more next episode. But I think some of my team Michaelness is personal and has to do with me and my type. It's a personality trait for me. (laughs) Yeah, I do support Jane and Raphael as well. Yes. All right. Well, this was wonderful. Yeah. Thank you for um, everyone. Thank you for tuning into our wine episode. There's always got to be one per season. Um, and we chose it this one. We chose to do it with the morning. How better to mourn? Like what How, better way to mourn? What better way to mourn than with white wine? <laughs> All right, everyone. You can find us on Instagram at Talking Ship Podcast. You can find Jimena at XIME M-E-D-I. 
And you can find me at OnlyMegan815. Let us know if you have questions or comments or things you want us to talk about in our next and final episode of our Jane the Virgin season. And we will see you next week. Adios! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.